Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading. And I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 211 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is tarot and food. And my special guests are Courtney McBroom and Melinda Lee Holm, the authors of Divine Your Dinner. Welcome, Melinda and Courtney. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. So excited to be here. Well, you had me at food. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I love, love, love to eat, first of all. I've got, I always say I've got a Venus in Cancer. My love language is food and feeding people. I've got about 200 cookbooks, and I'm always, always in the kitchen when I'm not slinging tarot cards. And, you know, speaking of tarot, I believe that everything in life is represented in tarot. You know, those 78 cards, you know, you're a tarot reader. They depict so much about our lives. So it's not a surprise to see that there's a correlation between food and tarot. So I would like to hear first about your personal relationships to food and tarot. So who wants to go first? Courtney, you want to start that combo? Sure. Um, Well, Oh man. Well, I, my, my personal relationship to food is that I have to eat food every day, <laughs> just like <laughs> everyone else. Um, um, wow. So now of course my brain's just like going completely brain dead, but I would say my personal relationship to food is that I'm a chef first and foremost. I've been cooking since I was a young kid. Um, ever since my grandma gave me my very first cookbook, which was the Care Bears cookbook. <laughs> Care Bears Party Cookbook. I've been in the kitchen making concoctions ever since, and I've worked in restaurant industry for over 15 years at this point. Um, but then bringing Caro into the mix, that all came to be when I met Melinda, who I didn't know anything about tarot cards until I met her, and she did a reading for me once. God, like what was that? Like seven years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, a just, long time, a million mm-hmm. moons ago, and it just completely blew my mind. And so then I kind of took an interest in tarot, just always asking Melinda questions, trying to like pick her brain um, for all, on all of those different, all the different archetypes, like all, there's just so much to know about tarot. Um, and, but then we kind of combined the two uh one day when we were hanging out eating food and talking about tarot and that's when kind of like the magic hit and we're like oh my god we can combine both of these using magical ingredients that speak to the cards themselves uh and it was all it's all been i don't want to say downhill uphill and downhill (laughs) it's been been a roller coaster since, since There you go. It's it's been a ride. This, this our symbiotic obsessions. <laughs> yes, and Melinda, see, you were the pusher. You were the gateway for Courtney to get into tarot. I love that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what about you? What? Tell me about your personal relationship with food and tarot. Well, I've been. I mean, I've been reading tarot for almost. 30 years now since I was um, a little uh, disaffected teen that needed some (laughs) guidance and tarot was really there to be my best friend. And it just keeps rising to the top of my life and uh, above and beyond. And 
Uh, I don't know. My moon is in Taurus. So I feel like I like to eat food a lot, but I'm a bit lazy to make fancy things myself. <laughs> I don't know what else in my chart is influencing that. Um, but so I don't, I, I didn't know really much about cooking. You know, I knew how to cook a very small repertoire of things that I kind of grew up cooking. And, um, and so then it was so exciting when Courtney and I really got going on this, on our, our friendship and, and just talking about both of our worlds and what we're obsessed with. Like, oh my God, there are all these ingredients that I use in spells and rituals that can be really beautifully combined with food to make these gorgeous spells, edible spells. And I love just- the idea of edible spells. That's so clever. You know, food does have an effect on you. Food affects our mood. Food yeah. makes us feel better at the end of a horrible day. It can make us feel amorous, you know, like eating oysters and stuff. So there's absolutely something magical about food. You know, how do you feel food influences, you know, your mood, your life or more? And how does it transform us? What are your thoughts on that? Since we're talking about spells. Yeah, I mean, I I noticed definitely that, food the food that I eat I, having just eaten a bowl of cold cereal for lunch um, I'm really <laughs> learning my own lesson here that, you know I don't feel super like peppy and great you know there are all those physical things but emotionally psychically spiritually I feel so much different when not only when I eat you know quote unquote well like healthy but when I really pay attention energetically to the properties of the food that I'm putting into my body, just like I would with the color of clothes or color Mm. of makeup or crystals or, you know, like anointing oils, any of that. It's just another tool in my toolkit now. Well, I just want to let you know, I ate a piece of dark chocolate with salted caramel in it before we began talking. So I'm in a very good mood. (laughs) What about Um, you, Courtney? Yeah. So even to like put, like to compound on what Melinda just said, I think for me, and I think for a lot of people, it's, it's the act of eating, but it's also the act of cooking. You know, people sit and meditate. And for me, and a lot of people who enjoy cooking, the act of cooking is in, a, in and of itself a meditation. Like I will come up with some of my best ideas while I'm cooking, just like sitting there, like chopping an onion. It's like, it clears my mind in such a beautiful way. And I think when you're, when you are in the process of cooking and you're choosing the ingredients that you use, the intention and your state of mind when you're doing that puts that energy into whatever it is you're cooking. So if that makes sense, but uh, so it's not even necessarily, it is very much about what the ingredients are, but it's also very much about what your state of mind is when you're doing it. Mm. Um, Does that answer your question? Can you yeah. repeat the <laughs> well, we're talking about the magic of, you know, food and, you know, cooking yeah. is magical for me, cooking. I love to cook at the end of my day. It signals my work is done. Now we create, now we relax. It's a meditative practice and tarot is a meditative practice. My yoga practice. I mean, everything is a practice of some sort. And I love your stories about, you know, getting the cookbook, getting the first cookbook and getting your first tarot deck. Cause I relate. I got my first tarot deck when I was an angsty teenager at 15 years old. (laughs) And when I was a kid, I remember going through my mother's cookbooks and being so obsessed with them. And I used to check out the junior 
Better Homes and Garden or Betty Crocker cookbook from the library all the time. And I would fantasize about all the things I would make. And one of the things I love fantasizing, this is where the magic of food is. My mother had this one cookbook that had some kind of fancy recipes. She never made them. But there were things like baba rum and stuff like that, or baked Alaska, which, by the way, you have in your book. And I remember reading those. And when I was a kid, just wanting to make them, wanting my mother to make them because I wanted to be fancy. I wanted to transform from that rural little hick town into something, someone else. And I think food and tarot were tools to kind of do that because I cook pretty fancy now. So what do you feel about that, about tarot and food transforming you in that way? I think, um, sorry, before I lose the thought, I think that's really interesting because there's so many, so when you look at tarot, and I'm coming at it from a very novice point of view with tarot, but when you look at tarot and all the different ways you can interpret a card or the deck or a pole, um, and you also look at food, cooking, recipes, there's so many different ways you can interpret those as well. And I think it's important, and correct me if I'm wrong, tarot experts, it's important to approach both with a sense of playfulness and not taking it too seriously and being okay. I mean, take it seriously. Like you want to like make the best thing you can make or come to the best understanding you can become, you can come to, but it's important to just, it's about the process and not the destination is my point. And so like, if you want to try to make the baked Alaska, go for it, go all in, don't be scared that you're going to mess it up because it's so fancy. Like that's how you learn. That's how you grow. And I promise you, if you do mess it up, it's still going to taste delicious. And I feel like that's a similar approach that you could take towards tarot as well. Like be serious about it, but also know that, or it's more not be serious about it, but knowing that you're following your gut, like your gut instinct. And you use that with tarot and you use that with food. Mm. Intuit, it's like intuitive cooking and you're using intuition with the cards as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yes. and Melinda, I want to ask you this now. So going off this subject, what she just said, you know, if we could look at our tarot readings, maybe like a recipe for your life. I mean, is this what we're moving towards here? I mean, I hope so. That's what you can do with our book for sure. Um, because we've got, you know, we did one recipe for every card in the deck. Yes. Um, so, and so it branched off from, you know, we first did the, the major arcana and there's um, a certain ingredient that is attached to each card of the major arcana. That's the same. If you have my elemental power tarot, it's the same ingredient that's on the deck, um, on the cards of the deck. And you really can, you know, if you just like with the tarot, sometimes you, it's, it's a great focusing mechanism, you know, like, what do I, what do I need? What kind of energy do I need to focus on? What will keep me centered? What will keep me grounded? And if you go to it with that intention and then you say, okay, and how will I put that into food, pull a card and see what you get, you know, maybe, maybe you pull the tower and then, you know, get ready for a good time in our book because we've got, um, you know, a lavender champagne spritz that we've got a whole, a whole thing for putting a, putting a champagne tower together. But you know, that's a lot of ways it's, so the recipes don't even, they don't, I quote unquote, just match the card, but they really help you to integrate that wisdom and guide you through it. So you get lavender with the tower, you know, things mm -hmm. are crumbling. They need to crumble take a breath, calm down, like allow it to happen. 
Well, you know, it's so interesting. You're you're talking about, you know, tarot and cooking in this way. You know, tarot were, and you know, because you've been doing tarot a long time, they're originally like a game. And then they became associated with divination later. But nowadays, people are using tarot for all kinds of stuff. I mean, like, I'm seeing people use tarot ways I never thought of. Like, for example, what you're doing here. What are some of the other favorite ways that you see people using tarot? I am really excited about how many um, people in all sorts of creative disciplines uh-huh. are starting to go to tarot. And, you know, like there was the, um, like Brian Eno made that deck that I can't remember what the name of it is now, but to um, oblique strategies, I think, to to kind of get into things creatively. And I'm seeing a lot of people, I mean, I live in LA, I'm friends with a lot of creative people who are using tarot in that way to say like, okay, what what direction can I go in? How can I, um, how can I open up this project, this story, this song, whatever it is, um, to a new line of inquiry that maybe I haven't considered. Love that. And Courtney, do you have anything that you want to add to that? What are some of the ways you see people using tarot that really is unique? Um, let me see. I mean, I, I just think, for me and I don't know if it's one of those things that like now that I'm so aware of it I see it popping up everywhere you know but there's a word for that uh I can't remember what the word is um so I will keep talking um (laughs) but I think and I don't know if it's necessarily using it any differently than it's ever been used but I just think there just seems to be such a renaissance with Uh it and so many people are like turning to like I grew up in the bible belt in Texas I was taught as a child that tarot cards were from the devil and like you, you can't use them, you know like and there, and like so many people like grew up that way at least where I'm from um and so and it took a lot of I, I had to like break out of that conditioning to be like oh wait actually no it's not at all like this is totally cool and there's nothing wrong with it and I'm not going to go to hell I'm not a religious person at all for the record um spiritual yes religious no but um what was what's my point here? My point is, I love seeing how many people are opening themselves up to it, to the guidance of it, to help like to help them on, on their path, their walk of mm-hmm. life, to help understand um, and make meaning out of it. It's just like an extra tool to like help you get through the craziness of life and yes, learn yeah. to trust your intuition. But I think I don't know if that that's not necessarily a new way to use tarot. I think that's just the way well, you're supposed to use it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of is a new way. And Teresa, you and I have talked about this before mm-hmm. a few times, but that it was, you know, year, not so many years ago, pretty strictly a tool for prediction. Yep. That it was kind of like a fortune telling tool in that. And Courtney, what you're describing of like a way to connect mm-hmm. with yourself, with your intuition for guidance um, and to really gain personal power through that, that is a relatively new, new use mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the idea that there aren't any bad cards, that yes. the power isn't like, oh, devastation will be wrought on your life, but rather, oh, there's a, a brand new opening that's coming in. That's it's, uh, it's pretty new. And I think that's why we're seeing so many more people invited in. Yeah. Well, yep. and that's why I love your deck so much, Melinda, because you don't have, you don't have bad cards. Everything's like an opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a great deck. By the way, we're talking about the Elemental Tarot deck. And Melinda created that. That was last year that came out, correct? Or earlier this year? Yeah, last, uh, yeah, October 20th, last year, almost a year now. 
Yeah, you've been on a roll definitely with your creativity <laughs> here. And I know you've got something else coming out too, because you know, I do, I do, I I I poke around and I notice these things. Hmm. One of the things that I've also seen is a lot of people using tarot in a therapeutic practice too, which, you know, again, that's very different. That uh, I'm an old school reader. I grew up the old school way. So it's very interesting to see people using it for a creative prompt, using it for cooking, using it in therapy. I'm always blown away by the different ways people find to bring tarot into their lives. Yeah. I have a friend who is, uh, who's a therapist, you know, Mm -hmm. a a family therapist and she uses tarot in her practice frequently. Yeah. There's a, there's a, somebody, Eleanor Greenberg, uh, who is a really well-known in the tarot industry too. She's a psychotherapist. I think she does gestalt and Mm -hmm. she's one of the people who's been really showing how tarot can be used in therapy. So, you know, I know she's been a real pioneer in that work. So that's, again, another angle. Now I want to have some fun. Okay. Uh, where can we find food in the tarot cards? I mean, what cards do you automatically associate with different foods or feasts or, you know, anything food related and why? Ooh, I want to know what Courtney says about this. What card okay. do you go to first with food? Well, I would say, I would say high priestess and pomegranate for sure, right? Yes. Because there is a pot, isn't like the classic illustration with it, isn't, yep. isn't she like holding a pomegranate? Yeah. yeah. And she like, and she, I feel like I'm being, I'm t- being tested. She like <laughs> rides the line between like the, uh, like the conscious and the subconscious, just like Persephone did when yes. she uh, went into the underworld and the pomegranate. So that's my first, that's my first original thing. And then also the death card in black, uh, black sesame. Mm. Oh, yeah. Obsessed. I love yeah. that. What about you, Melinda? What cards do you automatically think food? Um, I think the Empress. I think uh, roses. I love. I love to eat flowers. I love kind of like botanical flavors, and so um, so the Empress comes to mind, and the Sun is a big one that comes to mind to, mm. to me with um, you know the Sun with all these very immediate associations with sunflowers, sunflower seeds lemons you know there's I think food shows up all over the place yes um I mean like Courtney just mentioned like there's literally a pomegranate on the high priestess or with all of the coins cards the idea Mm -hmm. of earth digging in the earth planting seeds I mean I when I give readings I'm (laughs) talking about food the whole time so I'm using all these garden metaphors (laughs) in my readings (laughs) Yeah, totally. And with I also think of like the three of cups with the pumpkin in the background, the little yes. harvest. Or, you know, the nine of cups is the card. I think about feasting and overindulgence and really getting good and greedy and being at a smorgasbord. So there's a lot of actually food type stuff or food type correlations we can make with tarot. It's there. Yes. Yeah. So and one of my favorite. Oh, go ahead, Corey. Oh. I was going to say one of my favorite things about our book specifically is the end where we have a list of like dinner party spells that you can make that combines a bunch of the different cards and recipes into like a whole feast that embody like a very specific energy, whether that um, like obviously there's one for romantic love, but there's one for what else do we have? Clarity. I got it right here. Yeah, Yeah, I think that was really clever. You've got creativity, you've got clarity, fresh start. This is the one I want to make, fresh start, because everything sounds so good, especially because I'm a steak person. So 
Uh, love a good steak and um that's such a clever little idea i love putting the little menus together so cool well and that's something that we were just doing you know for ourselves i mean i i asked courtney for my 40th birthday to make um you know like okay here are the ingredients that i want this is the kind of energy that i want and you know we've done it for a few different uh you know small events for friends and it's just such a lovely way to not only you know set the vibe like you're choosing mm-hmm. music you're decorating all this you set the vibe with food but to really bring people together in a more meaningful way and mm-hmm. to add another layer to those connections I think yes absolutely and you know tarot helps us to connect with people and so does food absolutely yes. and here's the thing about tarot and food even if you don't speak the same language you can look at the images in a tarot card and you can get an idea what it's all about And if you're sitting in front of a a meal, it doesn't matter if you don't speak the same language, you're going to be getting together, enjoying the food, feeling good. So they both have that similarity that it doesn't matter if you don't speak the same language, you can commune and connect through tarot and through cooking. Yes, absolutely. And I think that Courtney and I both are very, um, very committed to inviting people in. I always think uh, that like that I'm kind of the welcome committee for Tara. For I do a lot do a lot of first readings for people. And I knew that about Courtney, but I didn't experience it until I tried making a couple of the recipes out of the book. And I was just like, oh, I can do it. I can do it. It's so easy to follow. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, cooking I is not hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think people think that also about tarot and cooking. Like they think tarot, learning tarot is so hard or learning to cook is so hard. And they're not. They kind of also, again, it's like you lay out your cards, you look at how they go together and how the images speak and you tell the story. And with cooking, you look at your ingredients, you read how to go about the steps and then step by step, we put it together and both of them come to a likely outcome. So they're both very actually quite similar and not hard. It just takes time and patience. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting way to way to put it all together. I like that. So if you wanted to describe yourself as in your, I, I want Courtney to answer this first. As a chef, <laughs> as a cook, what court card would best describe you as a cook, as a chef? Which one is you? I would say the queen... I would say the queen of wands uh-huh. describes me um, in general. Because I'm a cancer with um, an Aries, Aries moon. Okay. So I have like the, the emotional, like I want to cook for everyone, but then I have also have that fire, like, but I will burn the shit out of you if I have to. Um, or another way to put that would be, I'm going to figure out a way to get this done no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. but like, but that's how I approach cooking too. Like I, I approach it, um, you know, the, like the queen, like, cause Queens represent water. Right. Mm-hmm. Melinda? Yeah. <laughs> right, Melinda? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I approach that from a very emotional, like I cook to help, like, I want to like feed people. I want to help them. I want them to experience delicious food and like togetherness and connection. But I, but I approach it with the fire energy very much so where I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to get this going to be, this is like, this is exactly the ingredients we're going to use. This is exactly how I'm going to cook it. And you're going to eat it and you're going to like it. 
Well, I and, love that. <laughs> and it's so, uh, and then you also have the thing where you're then like, okay, and I'm going to do all this planning and then I'm just going for it. Then it's just like the, this yeah. magic and the intuition um, that you're following, like once the whole kind of matrix is in place. Yeah. And kind of like, exactly like having a no fear approach even though i'm living terror all the time but like nothing past it and just doing it anyway shutting the emotions off and just letting the intuition take over yeah the fire yeah and, and also the queen of wands takes creative risks yeah so melinda oh go ahead courtney oh it was like which i am one to do more often than not and that's spoken like a true moon and Aries person. So it totally makes <laughs> yeah. sense. So Melinda, do you think the queen of wands really describes Courtney and your experience uh, as working with her as a chef? Absolutely. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I, I was like really excited to hear what she was going to say. And then I did a little like silent cheer. Fist <laughs> <pump in. laughs> background over here. It's like, yes, that's, do- that's totally it. This and even so for the Queen of Wands in our book, it's uh, water of fire leading with the heart. There's a line in the sand and you've crossed it. It's it's the first line. (laughs) I love, love, love that. And Melinda, for you as a as a chef slash cook, or you know, I don't know if you consider yourself a chef, a cook, or you know, how you look at yourself there, which card is you? Which court card would be you? Oh gosh, it would have to be um gosh, one of the pages for sure. I said page of wands blindfolded <laughs> would be it would be me as a chef. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. Just total, total novice. But I, I do I'll go and and dig around and just uh, you know, kind of throw things together and see what yeah. happens and um, you know, and so I've got You're really that. good. Oh, you cooked from you've cooked delicious food for me before on many occasions. I have. I don't, I don't think you're blindfolded. You yeah, blindfolded. I got a feeling you're probably better than you you're letting on here. Mm-hmm. Well, now I am after <laughs> making this book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would always consider myself, even though I'm a queen of swords in 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 real life, in my cooking life, I'm queen of pentacles because I do mm-hmm. a lot of really practical, homey things. But I love really rich food. I love like the I love a steak. My husband we, we call ourselves like Jack Spratt. You know, he's like Jack Spratt <laughs> could eat no fat. His wife could eat no lean. I love all the things that are decadent and rich and fat mm. for you. And I love to cook that stuff and make everybody else eat it too. So total Queen of Pentacles. Um, but speaking of the Queen of Swords, so I want to read a passage from your book, The Queen of Swords, <laughs> because I am the Queen of Swords. And I love chocolate, so I really approve of this. So this is what you wrote about the Queen of Swords. Um, Your heart has been waiting patiently for this moment to arrive. She has kept quiet while you calculated, negotiated, and strategized, using your words as armor to fortify your position. Now the barricades are coming down and emotional perspectives are flooding out. Revel in their unabashed fervor. This chocolate souffle is a perfect representation of the state. Coco, revered for its heart-opening and love-promoting powers, is joined with actual air in the form of whipped egg whites. See? If intellect and emotion can play nicely in a souffle, they can play nicely inside of you. 
I love this description. Um, also the <laughs> magical suggestions and you say the magical ingredients are cocoa and vanilla. So, I mean, so of course now, um, how did you come up with all of this? I mean, this is so creative. It's so brilliant. So I want to know how you came up with that. How you came up with this book? Oh my gosh. I mean, it was when we first wrote the book proposal, I mean, we, so to back up, we had been playing around with this, right? Like I said, we, we had done, done some parties. We, you know, it all started over like spicy margaritas, not spicy margaritas and kind of, you know, then the margaritas fueled the conversation from there. Um, <laughs> this, this 50 page book proposal, it just, I mean, what was it? One week? That wow. we did it, Brittany? Yeah. Less than that. I think we did it in like two days. We talked about it for like, we, we like talked about it for three days. We were like, okay, we actually have to sit down and type. <laughs> and then we just yes. like did yeah. it. And, and it, you know, and then as we went through, you know, went through process and getting the whole thing together, thing, things shifted around, but it was really, you know, it was, it was really important to me that everything match up tarot wise, obviously, and, and for Courtney mm -hmm. as well. And then, you know, and then it was also important for me that she felt that you, Courtney felt creatively free to, you know, that I wasn't, wasn't trying to be too precious about anything so that we could both, um, both have our freedom. And, um, and that was not, that was not difficult for, for either of us to, to give to the other, I will say it was a very, very yeah. fun process. Um, and especially, oh, go ahead. Well, um, the other really interesting thing, which, um, I'll mention, cause I do think that this book, like, again, like, you know, when you're just like manifesting stuff, you just like mm -hmm. pours out of you. You don't really know coming from like higher source. I mean, you do know it is coming from a higher source. Um, so we wrote the book proposal super quick. We sent it off to Eve, um, that our agent, and she's amazing. And we're like, this is a slam dunk. It's going to sell. It's going to sell. There's all this interest. And, um, and then it didn't sell. And we were like, what the, can I cuss? Sure. I just got to remember to mark it as explicit then. <laughs> well, okay. I, they, I won't. Uh, we were like, what the fudge? <laughs> and, and we're like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe clearly wasn't meant to be and then like what was it like a year later two years later out of nowhere yeah almost two years Eve reaches out and was like hey do you also want to make this book and we're like and we had completely like moved on with our lives like it was we we're really bummed because we were, we were so excited about it. we thought it was so great we had the vision of like how awesome it was going to be and we both kind of like moved on and then we get a call from Eve he's like hey Clarkson wants it let's do this and we we're like yes so it's just, it, and that just speaks to like how, like how the universe works, like mm -hmm. timing, it's all about timing. And then, and for it to be coming out now, instead of it would have come out like probably during the pandemic otherwise, or right before it. And I just think that there's a reason for everything. And like, even though like you fully manifested it and made it happen, it wasn't the right time. So we had to wait a little bit. Which I think, which, so like, I'm just like going into this whole thing, feeling so at peace about it and good mm -hmm. and knowing that this is exactly how it's supposed to happen and when. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very it's like divine timing. Yeah. What were you yeah. saying, Melinda? Very wheel of fortune. 
Yeah, totally. Yes. And the book is beautiful. By the way, I have this, well, this one makes me smile. The King of Wands, it looks like Beyonce there, having yes. her cake and eating it too. It's a beautiful <laughs> book. It's beautifully illustrated. The recipes in here, I mean, really fit my Queen of Pentacles sensibilities. Do know that. So <laughs> I want to know, this is my last question. What is your favorite recipe from the book? And what is your favorite tarot card? And are they the same? Ooh. Oh, gosh. Favorite. Well, tarot you can card. go first. Okay. Favorite tarot card for me. I mean, I guess I, it's hard and it's not to pick because I always go back to the Hierophant. Mm. I, You're the only person I've ever said who says the Hierophant's their favorite. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it, it, I've been thinking about it a lot for many years, but if, for me, the Hierophant is the divine teacher Mm -hmm. of the tarot deck and that it's very much about a lineage and receiving a lineage and passing that lineage on and I'm very spiritual obviously and very you know into magic and doing tarot and I am also very academic Mm -hmm. like I love I'm back in college right now (laughs) I'm back (laughs) in grad school but I I really like um I like that idea of, of passing things on and making it your own and then passing it on as something new that's updated with the times. Um, so I love the Hierophant and hmm, I love the Hierophant recipe, but uh, I think that my favorite recipe in the book is actually that uh, the Knight of Swords, the baked Alaska is... <laughs> That picture is spectacular. You know that. Oh, the picture is spectacular. And I just, I never, it was one of those things where when Courtney said, oh yeah, I can make that. I, it, it was like, she told me that she could make an elephant materialize out of thin air in the room. It's like, what? We can have that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm going to make that. I'm telling you. So what about you, Courtney? Favorite tarot card, favorite recipe? Um... Well, I think this is going to sound weird, and I don't know if I'm just saying this to be weird or if I really mean it, but I really love the tower card and the recipe. And and the reason why I love the tower card is because I think it represents letting go and getting mm-hmm. on to your best self. And I think if you're not, I feel like everyone should hope to be constantly pulling the tower card because you're never, you're never done, like learning and growing and like releasing all of your stuff until you die Mm -hmm. I think and so it's just another sign that you're about to shed some stuff that you need to shed so you can get on to you know becoming the best version of yourself that you can be and I also I don't know if this is my favorite recipe in the book but I do love it so much the recipe for the tower because it's so fun where we literally build a tower of champagne like a champagne tower um, with the idea that like, Hey, this is, probably, this might topple over and fall, but you, but you're pulling the tower card anyway. So let's get on with it, you know, and <laughs> let's, let's have some champagne spritzes and celebrate that. Um, yeah. It's I also so really clever. like the, yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I also really like the, um, the, and I can't remember which card it is, the cup card, but the King Crab on Texas Post recipe. Oh, yeah, that looks really good, too. Believe me, I was eyeing up these, the full color picture in the, in the front of the book is, in the back of the book is, got my appetite yeah. going. 
so of course my favorite card is always the sun. The sun is, and it's ironic because I hate the sun in real life. I never go out right. in the sun. I live in an area that's wintry most of the year, you know, and I like everything gray and gloomy, but I love the sun card. It makes me very, very happy. And, you know, the recipe looks delicious, but it looks very healthy. So, you know, that queen of swords is going to be my favorite thing, the chocolate souffle. And I'm going to be making that very soon. So I'll definitely have to let you know. If it yes, is rich please. enough for the tarot ladies, queen of pentacles sensibilities. <laughs> um, but anyhow, I love the book. It's beautiful. It's clever. And I've got 200 cookbooks. So this is definitely going to be a fun addition to my cookbook and tarot collection. So I think you two are brilliant. This is amazing. Where can people get the book and learn more about you? Well, first, thank you so much. Uh, very honored to be among both your cookbook and tarot collections. Um, do, you, do you know the website, Courtney? <laughs> Google Divine Your Dinner. <laughs> uh, I know there's a link in our Instagram link. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to say, like, you can buy, you can get it at pretty much any of our cookbooks are sold at this point. Yep, yeah. Anywhere yeah, or your favorite you, books are sold. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to. And you can also ask your local bookstores, your local indies to order it. So make yeah. sure that you reach out to them. If there's That's a cookbook ideal. store also, I mean, there's some, some places, if you're lucky, if you live in a big enough city, they have cooking stores with cooking classes. So you can also ask them to carry it there. There are lots of places that can get this book in your hands. And you all know, if you are a food person or if you're a tarot person, you are definitely going to want this. And Melinda, where are you online so people can find you? I am at Melinda Lee Holm. That's my website. That's my Insta. That's where I'm at. And Courtney, what about you? Where are you? I'm at Courtney underscore McBroom for Instagram. You can also find me at ruinedtable.com. Thank you both so much for joining me here today. And people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. You know what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead and get divine your dinner and start cooking. Pull out those tarot cards. Make it a party. Make that chocolate souffle. I want to hear how it turns out for you. And a reminder, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts. And lots of other good things for you to scope out. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, take a moment, get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You're in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>